podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to the darker side of boxing, the after show, and I am joined, as always, by Luke for another episode to discuss season three, episode number six, redemption, retribution, whichever way you want to word it, the Adonis Stevenson story has now gone live, and Luke, you've had the opportunity to listen to this episode, and knowing how modern of an episode this is because it's someone from from sort of the current modern era it was very different for us to do uh, because he's someone that's very active someone that's still with us that he's not in prison and he's doing what he's doing so having now heard this episode having now heard the story and the way we've presented it with all the facts and information and details about crimes committed etc has your opinion of mr stevenson changed somewhat my initial thought which is never the way most people think which is i'm finding out through doing this show is why was this story not told during a boxing telecast why did i learn this story through your program and why was this not brought to light during his career that was my initial thought going into this so it was brought to light briefly on one of his fights and i can't remember which company did it whether it was showtime or hbo but one of the big companies who air boxing did do something but it was very sort of skirting around the issues that were going on i mean what we did was we got the information literally from court depositions and and information where you can get the real nitty-gritty graphic details of it whereas obviously when the tv want to put something together it's never usually as graphic as as what something like this was but someone like you Lukey who's been doing this for quite some time for the fact the fact that you've only just kind of really got the nitty-gritty details of it just kind of shows that it's been buried away and forgotten about by people like you know this some this is something bad that happened in his life and he was a product of a poor environment and you know, the victims of the crimes that were committed, you just don't even know, like, what their life has turned out to be as a result of it. Yet people revere Adonis Stevenson as one of the greats of the modern era. I mean, I know we might have differences of opinions on that, or not so much me and you, but other people, of course, but I don't really have, you know, a great opinion of him prior going to this episode because I always felt like he was a guy that never really defended his title as much as he should have done and he never really fought those big names of the light heavyweight division the ones that was in the prime the Andre Wards the Sergei Kovalevs of of the time and I always felt a little bit disappointed that he never did that he never proved he was the great of that light heavyweight era because he never faced those guys so that was what i thought about his boxing career i didn't really know any of this stuff going into this episode i'd heard that he had a murky past but i didn't know the extent of how bad it was so 
having done this episode and learn all this information, it, it certainly tests the moral compass of a human being, doesn't it? Because surely when you look at what's happened in his life, you see horrific crimes have been committed, lenient sentences were given, and then he has a life-changing injury where a lot of people who've listened to that episode will sit there and go, that is karma. That is what he deserved for lenient sentences and horrific crimes that were committed. But bringing you onto this after show, the whole point of having your opinion on it is to kind of see where someone else comes at this from me and Johnston gave our opinions on the main show but I'm really interested and intrigued to know now you've learned all this information like how does it test your moral compass well for me this begins with a guy named Sean Sharkey who's a good friend and a gym owner by where I live at Fight Corps International he was a, a bounty hunter for lack of a better word I'm sure there's a more professional word and he would tell me he started an organization basically to start to stop women who are being human trafficked. And he told me a horrible story that I'll never share on here. But most people, I think that the issue is they glorify and romanticize the word a pimp or prostitution, thinking that this is like a Rico Suave. It's this guy that attracts women where the ugly side of prostitution and pimping is oftentimes it's getting women on drugs and manipulating their emotions it's preying on the weak and then using force to keep them it's like a dictatorship and the more you know about kind of those tactics and you've heard about it from a ground level pimps are some of the people that i'm the most appalled by if i'm going to be honest i don't like people preying upon people who have uh, vulnerabilities and I feel like that's what that occupation is. So what this story brought up for me was it's very hard for me to find sympathy in Adonis Stevenson's story because of his past. So I did a little video for the episode, which people will have seen prior to listening to it. And if you haven't, please just go and have a quick look at the sort of 45 second video that I threw together. And, you know, I used various clips from different places and Ellie Setback was one of the ones that I used an interview he did with Adonis quite some time ago. And I used a little clip from that interview where basically Setback says, you know, you were as a pimp, you was this, you was that. And then, someone who was with Adonis sort of jumps into the interview and says, no, he wasn't a pimp, he was a bodyguard. And then Adonis goes, yeah, I was a bodyguard. So, you know, people around him still sort of deny that he was this so-called pimp. However, the testimonies of the people that were involved that we put into the main episode were quite compelling, really. I mean, witnesses and evidence from people that were there that lived through this quite clearly tell us that he was quite higher up in that hierarchy of that organization that he was doing things which would manipulate and degrade these human beings and yet he was given a rather lenient sentence for his crimes and then also in that story you get another side story of him him actually stamping on a guy's head in prison and still not getting any real additional time for that so ultimately he doesn't really serve a lot of time for crimes which I think are quite horrific against women and yet he was able then to go on and, and have a really a successful boxing career becomes WBC like heavyweight champion and then the big moment comes really where you start to test your own moral compass where 
He has the fight with Alexander Gerdvik in 2018. He suffers life-changing injuries as a result of that. He's never able to box again. And seemingly is, is, is going on a completely different path than what he was once on before. And at this point as well, his family come back into the equation. The same family that we explain dumped him all those years ago and kind of allowed him to go into that life of crime. So a lot of things change as a result of that fight with Gerdvik. And as I said earlier, some might look at this episode and go, well, that is just karma. That is, you know, that is retribution for the crimes that he committed. And that's why I've titled it Redemption or Retribution. Because, you know, do you, do you see this as a story of redemption or do you see it as a story of retribution? That's a good question. I mean, for me, I'm always someone, a lot of people around me have made mistakes in their past. So I'm always someone that it's based on where you're at now because a lot of people around me are in that situation. I think the issue with Stevenson is it's a little rough where, okay, let's say I did something bad in the past. You're always going to be judged and condemned for it. So when people don't ever have to give answers on their past or explain their past, that's where it gets tricky for me because if you're able to avoid your past, is it really retribution Right. Because part of the cowboy narrative, right, is that there's this promising cowboy and then he fails. He has a failed marriage. He's an alcoholic. He's struggling in order to get his retribution. He has to do everything they wanted him to do when he was 20 years old, but was scared to do. My conflict with Stevenson is we never really got his perspective to this story. We got in bits and pieces, but it was mostly kind of let's stick to boxing. He never really wanted to talk about it. And whenever it was brought up by people, by journalists, it was it was very dismissive. You know, he said, yeah, I paid for my crimes and I've done my time, etc., etc." And it's sort of the generic media response that you'd expect from someone in that position. But he's never really truly opened up and, and given a an in-depth interview and sort of just said, look, you know what? I messed up, man. I messed up big time. And I'm sorry for what I did. And and that's sometimes all it can take for people to move along. Now, he hates the fact that people like myself and Johnston, even yourself, Lukey, we keep bringing this conversation up. He doesn't want this conversation. It's a part of his past. But it is going to stick with him. As, As long as he is known within the boxing world... He's going, to, he's going to stick with him. He's going to stick with him till the day he dies. And that is something that he's got to live with. But when I talk about the sort of redemption side and the redemption arc of the story, I look at sort of what's happened since the life-changing injuries. And seemingly, it does appear that life has changed for him for the better and that he, you know, has become a much more humble man and I'm not saying he wasn't before the life-changing injuries because you know he goes on to become WBC like heavyweight champion has some really notable fights notable moments in the sport and has a successful career and earns you know a substantial amount of money as a result of it so you know some could say that that was kind of redemption in some ways but the redemption element of it for me is sort of seeing where this has took him the life-changing injury and it's sad that it took a life-changing injury for him to sort of really completely change who he seems to be now but from what I can see what it looks like from an outsider looking in is that life has thrown him a card and he's had to deal with that card and he's actually dealt with it in a much better way so do you now 
look at the moral compass of yourself as an individual, Lukey, and say, right, well, you know, he's he's paid for his dues now. You know, does 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 some of the things that have happened in his life ultimately say, yes, you've paid for your dues now? And this is where the moral compass element comes in because do you sit there and say the fact that he has this life-changing injury, is that kind of the part of his story where you say, well, that's he got a lenient sentence in 2000, but this really was a sentence that changed his life forever and that makes up for really the crimes that were committed. It's a question and it's a tough question to answer and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. I never wish death, prison, or uh, irreversible damage to a person on anyone. As someone that's seen the effects of those things, you never want to see those on people. This story reminds me of a pro wrestler named Lex Luger, who is extremely arrogant and extremely muscular. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden, he lost his ability to use his body. It's strange how life if you behave one way, will force you to behave another way. And it feels like this this act, time and time again, we have seen very confident, maybe even arrogant people have to finish out the rest of their life in compromised positions, almost as if it's kind of like in order to get through this experience of life, now you have to experience it in a different way because we're not sure if you would have in another way maybe i'm thinking too spiritual but that's kind of how i view these stories no i don't think it's too spiritual i think i think what you kind of i get the premise of what you're saying and i'm i'm pretty sure people listening will get the premise of what you're saying as well like you know i had a conversation with a good friend of mine who who's also a friend of the show chris chris wardrobe now chris we had this conversation off air and I'm sure he doesn't mind me repeating this conversation, but when he looks at this story with Stevenson, he thinks of Gerald McClellan straight away and he thinks of what McClellan did prior to his fight with Nigel Benn in 95. So he was, he was basically getting dogs and making them fight each other. And, you know, if you're an animal lover, that's, that's, that's horrific. It's a horrific experience to, to sort of go through knowing that this man was doing this and, and that he was sadistic. And then he has the fight with Ben and he suffers life changing injuries. And now Lisa, bless her, her sister, you know, she's looking after him and she does so much to, to, to raise funds for him, to get his care, the care he needs for him. And now she's a good person in this story, but the fact that Gerald's having to live like this for the rest of his life with a traumatic brain injury, not being the man he once was and, and being a complete shell of his former self, it comes back to that moral compass conversation of, like, you don't want to see people get hurt. You don't want to wish this sort of stuff upon people. But in some ways, it kind of feels like a weird punishment for those individuals that have committed maybe these types of horrific acts in their life. Where it's like... I mean, you go in spiritually, people who are very religious might say that is God's way of punishing those individuals. It's not for me personally to say, but I know there's definitely different opinions out there where people would certainly say these types of things and, and would kind of believe that this, this is kind of the reason why Adonis ended up in the fight with Gerdvik and why he suffered life-changing injuries. I think what I've taken away from this story was that, you know, there were there were inconsistencies within the justice system 
and this was a conversation we was having with Tim Doc Anderson and him killing Rick Alvis Parker in the last episode. There was inconsistencies with the justice system, but on this case with Adonis Stevenson, he was it was it was lenient. It was too lenient on him. I don't believe for one second that he served enough time. And yet he was able to go on and have a successful career. And all I could think about, and I know all Johnston could think about, was the fact that these girls that were in the middle of all this were the victims of all the crimes of, of Adonis and the people he was around. Like It makes me kind of wonder how their life has then panned out as a result. And then we didn't go too deep into researching the victims element of it, to be fair. Maybe we should have done. But I kind of sit here and think about it after... Doing the episode, I want. I think what what happened to those girls? What happened to them? Did they live a normal life? Did they go on to become successful, or did they go in to become like heroin addicts or something of that nature? It really genuinely makes me wonder, like the impact of this adverse experience that they went through, how that impacted on their life. Whereas Adonis was able to get on with his and, and live a relatively successful life for the most part. You know, you brought up my own trauma. So I'm going to share a story that's completely useless, but it that made me think of something. So when I was 22, I was walking with my friends and the biggest thing was playing video games and not feeling the way I felt, which was in pain. And I saw a girl running down the street. And I remember my buddies were like, hey, man, we got to get on the other side of the street because people don't usually just run in fear the way she's running. And it's always haunted me. That Because I was so young and insecure with who I was, I never stopped that girl and asked what was wrong. Because we were there. It was four men that could have intervened. Now, I hope she's okay, but I always think about that. Like, I hope she's okay. And I think we often think about the cases like this, right, where it's high profile. But every single day, there are men and women being damaged irreversibly. And there's little to no consequence for it. And I think that what I struggle with in these stories are we often glorify and glamorize the oppressor or the person that's hurting people as though, Oh, at one point I used to do that because I come from an area. Like there's this level of glamorizing being the person that shouldn't be glamorized as opposed to understanding the victim. I think when I look at this story, like, Adonis Stevenson, yeah, you know, he's known, he's well-known, he's a, a champion of the, the modern era, and when I heard about this story and in preparation for putting this season together, I kind of came to learn more about what was going on behind the scenes of Adonis. I couldn't believe it. I like, genuinely couldn't believe that this was the case with him. And then obviously when the research gets done and we put our scripting together for the episodes, then I really sort of realised that this guy, man, this this wasn't good. This really wasn't good. Like what has been done here? And, and did it change my opinion on him as a human? Absolutely. 100%. You'd be daft not to have slightly changed your opinion on someone who can inflict that sort of trauma on another, another human being. So yeah, it does. And it, it does leave a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. And I know Johnston really couldn't get past it. It was a really difficult. He said like, you know, things to the nature of, if I ever saw the guy, he, he would kind of cuss at him and, and say a few things to him because he couldn't help the way he is as an individual. He feels like he genuinely didn't serve the relevant time. But then, again, when you sort of counterbalance the situation, 
did he serve his time in some ways for this other element of his life where he's then suffered a life-changing injury it's curtailed his boxing career completely he's then had to learn to do basic functions again and and whilst his life is back on track again now and he seemingly seems to be in a happy place and doing good things for people now you know there's an element of that where people just can't get past and and you know people maybe choose not to get past i think what this has taught me as as a human and as my moral compass is you know people do commit horrific acts and things do happen and there are levels of forgiveness that you can as a human give out to people and i think looking at what he does now adonis in his life i feel like things have changed for him for the better he's a better human being and hopefully you know he continues to go on to do great things for human beings and you know in some small way it makes up for his past crimes i really do hope that that kind of goes down that route but then there's other people like Johnston who kind of feel a different way where it's like, look, he did what he did and I can't get past that. And and it is really all about how do you sort of forgive an individual? And bearing in mind, I don't know Adonis personally. I don't know any of the victims. I don't know any of the people that were involved in the story. But as a human being, I can kind of, like you do, Luke, you can relate it to certain moments in my personal life where I can say, you know, these things have happened to me or think moments have happened where maybe I was in the wrong. And I think to myself, well, you know, if this was me in this situation, how would I want to be treated by other people? And would I want to be given a chance to redeem myself as a human being? And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I would. So it, it does kind of come down to, you know, the person listening to this story to make that sort of judgment call. And I always kind of feel that you're either going to go one way or another with this story. I mean, this, I'm going to put it the way I really feel. And I think that you bring me on to, for me to give the real. And the point of what I think is, I say this every day. I'll say it today. I'll say it tomorrow. I'll say it on the next day. There are being a professional and I'm not dressed like a professional, but being a professional means Every day I work with someone I don't like. That's what being a professional is. Every day when you're a professional, there's someone you're not going to like, but because you're a professional, you have to deal with it. When I give my professional opinion on Adonis Stevenson as a boxer, I simply look at the boxing. Now, if you want to give me the complete picture of the fighter, that's when I start to get into my moral compass and my judgment. And to be honest, if I was to really give an assessment on Adonis, I'd look at your story and I'd try to reach out to him and get a feeler on how he feels about it because that would also tell me. Um, I just, I think that honestly in boxing, we kind of pick and choose at times, right? So like there'll, there'll be certain fighters, okay, I don't like domestic violence, but it's okay. I'm going to not talk about it because it's this guy. And with Stevenson, I... I mean, it's tricky, bro, because this is a sub I was I was raised by a single parent. You know, my mom's all I had. So it's like if you're doing stuff to women, I'm just the wrong. I'm the wrong person to find empathy with. And I can understand, depending upon person's situations, you're going to have a different opinion. You're going to have a different mindset on what you think about individuals. And, I, you know, I, I said in the episode and I'll say it again. To, to you, Luke, to everybody listening to this after show, and if it ever goes to Adonis and it comes across his path and he listens to it and he sort of wonders, you know, why a guy from the UK has sat there and done a podcast about his past when I've never met the guy. Well, first of all, 
I'm very compelled with these types of stories. Boxing is something that we absolutely love and adore for the good and for the bad moments of it. And I think this is a story that genuinely fits the narrative of this show. And, and at the end of the day, this show is about presenting people with stories about horrific things and moments and telling a different side than what we all know and love about the boxing which is people getting in the ring, presenting us with great fights, watching prospects win championship belts, having our moments with promoters and what they do and don't do. This is a different side of the sport completely. And this is a moment where someone who has gone on to become a relatively famous boxer and a world champion has had an awful past. And yeah, it's been dragged up by other people before. So we're not telling people something they don't already know. Although obviously you, Luke, you didn't really know the extent of what had gone on. You know, we, we're kind of putting it out there and saying, look, this is his story. Is it a story of retribution or is it a story of redemption? And that's why I always put this title as that title, because I feel like as an individual, you are going to make a decision after listening to the episode about where you see it at the end of it. Do you see as redemption because he actually has changed his life he's turned things around he was a product of a poor environment he got involved in organized crime he committed horrific acts he served time in prison then he got a life-changing injury after being a world championship boxer do you see this story as a redemption story or do you sit on the other side of the fence where you go actually no it's retribution for what he did during those moments of his life and that's kind of me putting it on a platter for people and saying you're either going to go this way or you're going to go that way you're going to go one of two ways with this story and it really all depends on your moral compass as a human being it's as simple as that you've got a certain level of acceptability with certain things that go on in life and some people it is unacceptable of what's happened and they feel punishment is needed or further punishment is needed and some people can say well actually no this is a moment where you've got to forgive the guy for his past sins and look at what he does now and look at how he's changed his life now so there is definitely two types of people in this world an antagonist and a protagonist when it comes down to something like this and this story but ultimately for me i i kind of sit on the side of being a guy that can ultimately forgive people if they can prove that they have changed and that they have done things for the better and for that one life or maybe two lives that they they wrecked as a result of actions taken in the past they've actually gone on to change hundreds or even thousands of lives as a result whilst it will never make up for the crimes that were committed if they can do something that affects the lives of another thousand people then for me you've got to look at it in the bigger picture and say well actually they have changed they have done the right thing they've helped more people than what they've damaged and Adonis Stevenson's never gone on to commit another crime since that point in his life so for me I can sit here and honestly say, actually, I sit on the side of a person that can be forgiven and ultimately give some respect on a level to say, actually, you know, you've changed your life, you've turned it around, you've done some really good things in your life, and as a result of that, you've changed others' lives for the better. I think he just needs to share his peace. I mean, if if he went and whatever he did, if he got on a pause test, like... Tris Dixon has a great podcast. Many people have big podcast platforms. Get on there, and whether you're right or wrong, say your piece. I think what bothers me is when you don't say what it is, it feels like you're running from something. Just say what it is. You've served your time. You've done it. Give your side of the story so we can understand who you are. 
And that's one of the absences, isn't it, really, from this story as a whole. And, you know, in some ways, we hope that this episode, the main episode and this, crosses his path. Not because we want a war with the guy, not because we want to get embroiled in a lawsuit with him, but actually what we want to do, we want to hear from him. We want to hear what he's got to say. Like you say, every time somebody brings up a moment like this or a, a horrible moment in a person's life, and they say, oh, well, I don't really want to talk about it, that's in the past, just be open and transparent and just say, look, you know, I apologize for what I've done. I've served my time. You know, I feel like I've redeemed myself in these ways. You're not going to please everybody by saying it. Ultimately, you're going to be people that are still never going to be able to get past this. However, I think for the majority of people with a normal moral compass, they will, they will go, you know what, Dennis, fair play to you for standing up and having the backbone to admit, you know, you wrecked a couple of people's lives, but actually you've gone on to make other people's lives 10 times better as a result of the poor actions and poor choices you made in the past. So yeah, Lukey, you're right. There's big platforms like jurisdictions, boxing, life stories, but selfishly, I would absolutely love him to come on here with people like me and you and Johnston and, and really just have that same type of conversation and just really hear from him. Not because I want to put the guy down, but ultimately because I want to hear what the guy's got to say and, you know, ultimately hear how his life has changed. And it's that part of it that makes me feel, you know what, this guy has done things that has made people's lives better. He deserves the opportunity to say his piece and not be shot down for it and then say, look, this is what I've now done for people's lives and this is how I've changed it. My past is my past. This is what I've done. I apologise for it, but I can't apologise for things forever. This is what I'm trying to do now. And I think that's the sort of, as a, as a human, I can respect that out of an individual. And I think if he was able to really be so transparent about it, I mean, it might come in the future. It may not be us that gets to do it. But if someone does do it and it comes out and he, and he really does have a full-on sit-down interview or documentary or whatever, then it'll be a moment that I can sit back and go, do you know what? It's, it's a nice sort of ending to what has been a, a really difficult story and a challenging one to do. And the crazy thing is, I've always heard he's a nice guy. First-hand accounts, I've always heard he's been a gentleman to people. So I think that there is an aspect to him that is forgivable. And I think that we shouldn't be defined by who we are in the past. If I were to set up content, I'd like him to sit down, talk with someone, and have one of the victims on a podcast. And that would... That I think that would basically explain and allow people to understand the situations he's faced because you don't understand. We don't understand the complexities of what went into it. I think that when you watch a John Gotti interview or something, when you hear how John Gotti becomes John Gotti, it's not necessarily like you go, okay, I get it now, but at least you understand the framework of how you got to A to B as opposed to you make your own assumption that he was born this way. Yeah, and, and that is the beauty of getting someone like that to open up and be able to have that conversation. And, you know, this is why we try to be as objective as possible, regardless of the situation, because I do genuinely feel like maybe one day this conversation will happen and he will come out and have a, an in-depth conversation about all of this stuff. And it obviously, whether he remembers a lot of this stuff now with his with his injuries that he sustained as a result of the fight with Gerdvik, it's whether he remembers all the finer details of what happened there. So, 
it makes me wonder whether this will happen one day and if it does i will be one of the first to sit there watch or listen or, or find out what ends up happening as a result of it with a keen interest because when you do something like this when you present a story like this you do become emotionally invested in it in one way shape or form and that's certainly what it's done for myself and johnston during the course of the main episode and i'm sure for those that are listening to this i'm sure it probably has kind of touched you in in some way you know whether it's you don't agree with what we're saying or whether you agree with kind of the objectiveness of things that have been said in these episodes or whether or not you just really can't stand the guy it gives people their own opportunity to hear the facts and the information and make their own judgments on this individual but ultimately this episode has all been has been all about talking about our moral compasses and how it relates to this particular episode and i hope everybody's enjoyed it i hope everybody's enjoyed us having a you know a quite detailed and deep conversation about our moral compasses and how it how it sort of bleeds into this particular episode and of course if you have then do let us know on social media at darker underscore side underscore pod but before we wrap this one up luke here we're just going to quickly talk about next week's episode so you'll be back for next week's after show but the main episode is a certain individual that i don't know if many of our listeners and anyone in the current boxing scene at the moment maybe so the younger journalists actually even know who this individual is so i'm talking about roberto medina a boxer from the 1980s who famously once fought meldrick taylor in his early career now this is a really interesting story but it does take a really sinister turn so the question that has always been on my lips for this is who is roberto medina well next week everybody is going to find out who he is and i can certainly say that once you find out who he is you're certainly not going to forget who he is in a hurry luke i'm leaving this with you now because I'm going to let you stew on this until you listen to the episode and we come back next week and we talk about Roberto Medina and his life and his times. But any final thoughts and feelings and opinions before we wrap this show up? I'm going to be on an airplane flight. So I feel like I'm going to get a very intimate experience of Mr. Mr. Medina's life because when you got your Bluetooth headphones on on an airplane listening to a podcast, I think it doesn't get more podcasty than that. <laughs> yeah, certainly doesn't. Well, thank you to everybody else for listening, for subscribing, for liking, retweeting and resharing all across social media like you guys do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the after show please make sure you do share it across social and if you've not subscribed you can find us at the darker side of boxing podcast or btr boxing podcast network if you want to give lukey a follow you can do that at lukey boxing on twitter or you can find his platform itr boxing all across social media and on youtube please make sure you're giving him a follow a like a share a subscribe do all the necessaries it really is appreciated from the pair of us but that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening to the darker side of the after show
Sports Social Podcast Network.